<laughs> I mean, <laughs> there we go. Check it out, friends. Today is 11 April 2021. Backing out of my driveway, heading to the store real quick. It's a Sunday. It's raining. Beautiful yesterday. Looking at my lawn. I got some friggin' major mowing conducted yesterday, the first of the season. Burned a bunch of wood. Carved an owl. A fox and an owl for my friend Sarah. I gotta work on a friggin' gnome very soon. I gotta knock that out. A couple gnomes. Some mushrooms. Some tiki's. I want to do a, a little sign for a friend. She doesn't know it's coming yet, but I'm working away slowly but surely at that big pile of pine in my yard. Burning scraps, cleaning things up. I want to be, within the next month or two, I want all that wood to be gone, consumed make beautiful things out of inanimate objects, things that are no longer animate. The husks, the body, the corpus of previously discarded tree trunks comprised of cellulose, which as I have shared, cellulose is a carbohydrate, but a very complex one. It's a starch. It's indigestible for humans, but other creatures like bugs like cows, like goats. They can eat plant material. Right? They can break down those bonds. That's why cows and goats and shit have more than one stomach, so they can process all that grass and hay and whatever the hell else they're eating. Deer will eat leaves off of trees. We can process that too, but they can process it better. Anyway, did some wood carving. Feel good. I was carving till dusk last night. Burning beyond that. Look at some dirt bags through a mattress out of a freaking truck. One of these days I'm going to run into uh, some litterers. What I'm going to start doing, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to start carrying around a big hefty bags. So that when I go on a walk down the creek... Or when I'm out and about, even on my neighbor in my neighborhood, uh, by the office, I'm going to pick up trash. That's what I'm going to be known for. The freaking doctor, Doctor Drill, who's out there picking up trash, beautifying the neighborhood, cleaning up refuse, and bringing the justice litterers of the world. Because you're scumbags, I'm going to smack you right in the face. All right, some positives here on this rainy day. I decided last week, I, I had brooded upon this for quite a while. Over the past several months, I had been encountering people from my past, and my patients, and they come in, uh, all kinds of different signs that have pointed me in this direction. We're going to conduct a DDIP reunion. All right. So, we're going to call it the Reconnect, DDIP Reconnect, something like that. 
so what this means is that, as, as you may know, and as I have shared with you on more than a few occasions, the whole making motivation aspect about this podcast, well, it's because I'm Dr. Drill. It's because for the last 20 years, if you count the inception of the program, the formative years, I ran a boot camp, fitness boot camp. Had a long and illustrious career doing that while simultaneously running my practice and growing my family and you name it. So it was a a highlight reel of my life. (coughs) If you think about me, Aaron Oberst, something particularly special about my life is that I was able to connect a shitload of people, hundreds of people, thousands of people over the years, connect them in the name of health. Uh, We accepted everybody. We were doing inclusiveness before it was cool. My wife is a special ed teacher and she's also an inclusion facilitator. You know how long I've been fucking an inclusion facilitator? Taking people who thought they were too fat or too old or too arthritic or too broken or too depressed and uniting them. And in the name of fitness, health and fitness, trying to improve ourselves. In the process, uh, we lost a ton of weight. We got in shape. We had many adventures. We got the endorphins and enkephalins, positive neuropeptides uh, circulating in our brains. Made us feel better. Made us feel like we can. So I was the guy who made people feel like they can. I'm proud of that. It's one of the best things I ever did in my life. And so since that's something I'm familiar with, I stepped away. I'm going to say started stepping away about five years ago. So my kids were growing and uh, my practice was growing. And I had just done a lot of this kind of work. I stood in many a field, in many a gym, sweated profusely. I trained, my thing was that I'm going to train with you. I'm not going to stand around. You know, we would, the Dr. Drill instructors would always do the workout with you. Train with you, suffer with you, sweat with you. And so I did a lot of that, and it was time for me to just shift gears, step away a little bit, get to know my family a little bit more, um, spend time rather than working people out. I would go to gyms and go to football fields and, and volunteer my time announcing or doing whatever the hell they needed me to do. Going to swim meets, sitting out there. And I, I, frankly, I enjoy DDIP a lot more than I did all this, you know. I mean, I love my family, I love my kids. It's been a pleasure watching them grow up. But you ever go to a swim meet, sit your ass on the fucking bleachers for four hours, your kid only gets to swim two or three times, you're like, Jesus Christ, my entire Friday, Saturday night spent doing this shit and some annoying personalities and stuff people you gotta put up with I'd rather be just don't talk to me let's just work everybody's gonna do jumping jacks 
Then we're going to run over there. We're going to get on those steps and do some stair climbs. Then we're going to do some abs. And we're going to... Nobody's going to have time to talk. We'll laugh. We'll carry on a little bit. But while we're working, let's just work and talk. Anyway, I love DDIP. It's a big part of me, I think. When I'm dead and gone, people are going to say, well, that, he did that. Remember he did that program and everybody loved it. It was such a great course and you know, connected all these people. That's what folks will remember, you know. There's a lot of great exercise programs, far better, perhaps, than, than mine. But uh, connecting people and being an inclusion facilitator is something that I will absolutely take credit for. Some people who have been connected and made their best friends and have had some of their best times in formation, the DDIP formation. So the reconnect, the DDIP reconnect is going to be held sometime this summer, probably June, and we're going to meet somewhere outside because we still have a pandemic going on, and when it's safe, when the smoke clears, quote-unquote, we're going to stand on a grassy field and limber up and sound off while we conduct various bodyweight exercises, and we're going to laugh, and we're going to be shameless about the type of shape that we happen to be in at this time. I mean, I'm not in the best shape of my life. I can still do all that shit with my eyes closed, all those exercises, but I'm not in the best shape of my life. Starting to develop a little bit, bit of a dad bod, if I'm not careful. And I know a lot of people have had whatever. They're not, haven't been exercised. Maybe they fell off the exercise wagon. Maybe they, their life changed. Maybe, I mean, it's inevitable with hundreds and thousands of people that you're connected with that people's lives changed. They have terrible tragedies. They have wonderful um, times as well. So the good, the bad, everything. We got a lot of catching up to do. So the reconnect is going to be us getting together, stand in a field, do some PT, catch up on old times, reminisce a little bit, and go the hell home. It's a one-time event. Maybe it'll, you know, I'm sure they will materialize something from it where we work out on Saturday mornings or something like that, or we get together a couple times a week to train and to, you know, be part of this community. I would be honored to do something like that. I mean, I, I feel like I, I need it myself. And I know a lot of other people who do need it as well. Got a lot of positive feedback about the notion that we're going to get the crew back together. What the fuck is that? Alright, that was a PT Cruiser lowered with smokestacks and an airfoil on the roof. It's the stupidest looking fucking vehicle I've ever seen in my life. I've seen it around a couple times. So DDIP is something special. It's something that we're going to do. I think that we're going to recapture a lot of the old um, personnel. 
and they're going to be join us again with Glee, and we're going to also get a bunch of new folks who are interested in getting back in shape, or getting in shape again, and being part of this community, and they don't even know what all they stand to, uh, <clears throat> to gain, so stand by, I'll explain to you why we're doing this. Okay, I'm back. So, the DDIP Reconnect is a humanitarian mission. You know, we have all suffered to various degrees, varying degrees over the past year or so. Fucking pandemic we haven't gotten sick, we should be thankful for that. But you don't need to contract the critter in order to be affected, right? Because there's just a a lot of sacrifices that have had to be made during this time period. People are stressed, maybe their job Maybe now they work from home. Maybe they lost their job. They worked in an industry that was dramatically affected, like the food industry. Retail. And somebody tell me uh, a week or so ago that they went to the, maybe it was my wife, she went to the, she went to the, um, the mall and all the stores closed down. The vast majority of stores have been closed down and they're not they're not functioning, they're not doing well. People are buying online, people are ordering from Amazon. You know, they're not we've been moving in that direction for a long time. Add the pandemic to it. Shit. You know, people aren't going out to eat, they're ordering their food. They're having uh, services like DoorDash deliver their food. So a lot has changed, and people have, um, we've all been affected. There have been some collective sacrifices we've had to make that are unreasonable to some. Some people are petrified out of their minds and haven't been out of the house for months, more than a year now. And there are others who have been in harm's way the entire time, so to speak. They've been out and they've had to work through it, so they've got a, a false sense of security about the virus and how dangerous it is. And, and everybody's got their story. I, I spoke a few, maybe my last podcast was about um, the world according to me, right? Because everybody's got their version of what it is. Some people say, oh, I didn't have to sacrifice. I love to work from home. I hope they never bring me back to work. I'm still getting paid as much. And da, 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 da. There's going to be reverberations from this time because it's 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 forced dramatic change in a very short period. And some of those changes are going to be positive, and a lot of them are going to be negative. As people, you know, work their way negotiating these obstacles around the coronavirus. 
So DDIP Reconnect is just that. We're going to reconnect some good people, folks that have been estranged from one another, um, maybe from the time that they were in last in formation, or uh, we got some catching up to do. Maybe this person or that person has had some particular challenges, and we want to serve them. We want to get them in shape. We want to get them around other people again when it's safe to do that. I just think that that we need to do that. There's, there needs to be some kind of force you know, to get this done. And there are. There are great gyms and there are a lot of people out there doing Peloton and there are folks out and about camping and walking and doing whatever they can do. They're, you can be part of something in a variety of ways. But a lot of people... They don't feel like they're part of something. So the last time that I really, really felt like I was part of something was DDI Stinking P. So again, the proposition is to get together, do some friggin' flexibility training, some strength training, some body weight stuff, some call, call cadence a little bit, go on a 30-30-30 walk-run conduct a survey of how people are, you know, various age groups and uh, fitness levels that exist and permit everyone to to train to the degree to which they can. And that means everybody. You know? Get outside on a beautiful day. To smell the roses. To be part of a community. And we read a lot of the stuff about the terrible things that go on in our society. And there are. You know, life, is, life can be a bitch, man. There are some terrible people out there. There are some fucking wonderful people out there. As well. So, if you're sitting on your couch looking at your phone, you'd think the world is a fucking atrocious place to live. There's a lot of folks that I know are, are are at the end of their rope. The quarantines and lockdowns and restrictions and it makes them feel less trusting of people. The fact that our faces are concealed, we talked about that. And there's just a lot that has tweaked us over the past year. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get together. We're going to train. We're going to talk. Have a little bite to eat maybe. And we'll take a, a survey of what people want to do. Should we do a weekly training? Who's in? Anybody have any ideas as to other things? Other means with which to to help people? Does anybody have any particular needs? Who can we service? Who can we help? And so, this has got me feeling pretty good. Because it's an opportunity to do something. To take action. To help people. And shit. It feels great to help people. It helps you. It helps me. It helps the person we're trying to serve. I'm just finishing up with a... uh, a walk. I took a walk with my good friend down by the Unami. It was pissing down rain. Had Momi out there on her leash. She took some swims. 
and we walked and talked. Who couldn't use a walk and talk? So we did that, talked about some issues that, you know, that exist, talked about this new, you know, prospective DDIP reconnect, when we would do it, to what degree different people would be able to participate, you know, it's a go, we're a go, and my my friend, he happens to have some challenges right now, and the shit just, you know, piles on, he's had some health issues, his family's had some health issues trying to move, trying to get themselves a, a new home in a time when it's very difficult to find anything affordably, you know? There's not a lot of inventory out there, unless you're a seller, in which case you're going to make fucking major windfall profit on your sale price, right? Did a call that an appraisal of our house a couple weeks ago a month ago in preparation for a refinance they said it's worth $500,000 right now we bought it for three seventy-five. dollars if I was ready I'd fucking sell it right now and move into a tiny home somewhere on acreage you know So we walked and talked and spent about an hour discussing you know, our feelings and, and what's going on in our lives and, and how, we can, how we can get through this difficult time. It felt good to be there and to tell somebody, point blank, I'm here for you, man. I want you to know that. I know you're going through some shit and I'm going to stand with you. I bet you if everybody listening to this podcast which isn't a shitload of people. But if everybody that you know would just find one person to help in a small or large way, just to be a friend to somebody, to reach out, to let them know that that you're there for them, the world would be a phenomenal place. We can get a lot done, man. We can really... move some of these problems that seem so unmovable. It's the human element, man. Human resources. We are all a human resource for one another. So fuck this uh, divisive political crap. Fuck all that stuff, man. He'll complain about anything, you know? You ever notice that? Everybody's got an axe to grind about something. Typically, it's something that they have no fucking idea what they're talking about. It doesn't necessarily affect them. People just like to be dramatic and angry. I don't. You know? I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you out. Uh, so that's my message, basically, and I'm starting to get a little redundant on it. We're going to fucking do it. The facts. DDIP was a force to be reckoned with. 
Ask anybody who was involved, and they'll remember it fondly. And as a point, as a source of strength, a time of strength in overcoming obstacles, physical obstacles, mental obstacles, social obstacles, it was a good thing. And we're going to put that to work, starting with a one-time fucking workout with some DDIP veterans. Folks get together. You know, it always seems like there's going to be a biggest friggin' showing in the world. Then you'll see there's, it'll be, even if it's a skeleton crew of motivators, I don't give a fuck. We can help people. If everybody found somebody with a problem that we could help solve, or even just listen to somebody, do that. You know, if you're listening, try to find somebody that you can alleviate their fears or, you know, acknowledge your problems and then find somebody with a similar problem. And there are all problems or we all have the common fucking problems, you know, health issues, family stuff, work stuff, depression, anxiety, you know, make somebody, you know, rather than arguing with somebody about some bullshit or you know, seeing all that's wrong with the world. Try to find something that's right with the world. Try to be smile or laughter in somebody's day. Starting tomorrow. Probably rain. Big fucking deal, you pussy. In closing, I tuned into this master class right now. So I got this for Christmas. And I've kind of kicked the tires around it, haven't maximized on it. I listened to a writing series by David Sedaris, who's a funny dude. Um, I listened to, you know, by the way, he recommended, and I had mentioned this weeks ago, but he recommended just going into the world and rather than making small talk and, you know, talking about small ideas with people, why don't you find... Um, the joy. They look for the story every day. Something to write about. Something newsworthy. I like that idea. And another guy, to hell is his name, Walter Mosley. He makes me want to read his book. I might order Devil in the Blue Dress was his first book. He's a writer as well. And he also looks for the story. Talking about the difference between story and plot and developing characters and just beginning to write. You don't have to have the whole plot laid out. The story starts to reveal itself to you. It started out with a simple concept, you know, boy meets girl or fucking humanity meets pandemic and civil unrest and political crap and all that. So then you could start out with a basic concept and then the plot gets some characters and the characters have experiences and you're like, ooh, I'm going to do go this direction with the character. Anyway, that's interesting, too, as an aspiring writer. Um, but I watched yesterday, the guy's name is uh, something Voss. V-O-S-S. And he was a, you know, like a storied hostage negotiator. Really interesting. He talks about some, intera- you know, the... the Social, uh, psychosocial, uh, neurological, psychological interactions. How our interactions, how we can, when we're talking with somebody, he talks about um, the concept. It's called uh, 
tactical empathy, which is basically this. We're not trying to win an argument or win a negotiation. Negotiation isn't where you come in like a Donald Trump and are like, ah, fuck you, I'm going to take you, I'm going to win this negotiation, I'm going to get the crazy profit, you know, for this thing, I'm going to make the sale, and ha-ha, I'm going to get over on you. It's not. It's that you have a shared experience and a situation that everyone is in. You've got a buyer and a seller. And you need to be able to communicate with people so that you can come to a an agreement as to what the sale is going to involve. What's the price? What are the, the, the details? And there's a way that you can talk to people that um, will help you win that negotiation, will help you be successful while making the other person feel better about, let's say, selling you something for the price that you want. Yes, it's kind of manipulation. Yes, it's kind of like, um, you know, think about a hostage negotiator. You use an example of how there's some in Iraq years ago, there's Al-Qaeda or something like that, and they are <clears throat> kidnapped a female reporter and we're going to cut her head off. <clears throat> this guy, Voss, he comes in and he recommends a course of action as to how the, um, the family and the representatives of this kidnapped journalist how you should talk to the um, the hostage takers because they're anticipating that you're going to come back and be like you know you you know we'll never negotiate with you or whatever it's a situation you need to get through you need to understand tactical empathy is you got to understand the other person's reality so that you can you got to meet them there. If you never acknowledge their reality, then you're not going to get anywhere in your negotiation. You're just going to be arguing. You're just going to be fighting. And it takes two to fight. And so when somebody pushes you, I've talked about this concept in the past, somebody pushes you in judo, in jiu-jitsu, you pull them. I push you, you take my momentum, and you pull me, and then you can redirect my energy and push me wherever you want. So, Voss, Richard Voss? I gotta finish up his thing. It's fucking awesome. I was glued to it. He talked about another thing called mirroring, which you might have heard of. If you wanna listen, if you wanna be tactically empathic, and you might already do these things. It's not like, but it's great to have some tools and understand that, that maybe the way you're, being, you're acting is, is effective, right? In you know, communicating with somebody or giving, uh, winning a negotiation coming out of a situation without arguing or uh, without the sense that you've lost ground. Mirroring is this. You say, wow, it's raining. It's, uh, it's really coming down today. It's really raining. And I say, it's really raining today. 
really raining today? You're asking somebody in an inquisitive way what is happening, what is you know going on with the weather, and that person will expound. They'll be like, oh yeah, it's really coming down out there. The forecast is to rain all day. They'll say, it's going to rain all day? You're asking them, in a, you're, you're using a tone of voice, and you're using a language that is going to um, make them explain their situation and allow them to get some things off their chest. So how about another example? I'm just making this shit up. I hope I'm representing him well. Okay, let's say Biden is going to forgive. Somebody says, well, you believe Biden's talking about forgiving student loans? Well, some people, you got two different camps. You got folks who, you know, let's say they're tradespeople or they're hardworking America types. They think that, you know, if you, um, their position is that if you have been, um, a student, if you sign on a dotted line, you you sign up for these loans in order to get through college, that, you know, you agreed upon that, and you should have to be, um, go along with those terms. I, I understand that point of view. I also, <clears throat> excuse me, as someone who went to school for most of their adult life and now teaches school, I have a unique perspective on student loans and individuals being strapped, uh, saddled with debt at a time when they should be earning and putting money back in the economy. I can see how it's an an economic drag. It's an economic weight around um, the ankles, cement shoes, if you will for a lot of people. For instance, I teach uh, a lot of nurses. You know, you're going to go out, say, as a nurse, you're going to make what? I don't know. sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year? Maybe more, maybe less? What are your, you know, you're going to pay $100,000 for that education? You know, that's the institution that I teach at. It's thirty-one thousand dollars a year. Right, four years. Right, that's one hundred twenty thousand dollars to be a nurse. Nothing wrong with being a nurse. It's a great, tremendous profession, and it will give you an opportunity to earn and to pay that back over time. But that's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of friggin' money. So, somebody says, Biden's going to forgive student loans. you believe that? Well, I might have my point of view. Again, it's kind of, I can see both sides. I have a perspective. Say, I'll respond, Biden's going to, Biden's going to forgive student loans? Say, you'll get a sense of where they're coming from. 
oh, hey, uh, yeah, well, yeah, he said that maybe he's going to forgive up to up to $50,000, but he's definitely talking about $10,000. He didn't know if he would have the authorization to sign off on more. Um, but they're saying that, yeah, I think it's ridiculous. I think if you sign up, you know, whatever. Or, oh, yeah, you know, that would be great. It would really alleviate some pressure on me, depending upon where they're coming from. So the whole idea with this technique, mirroring, is that rather than, because you've heard the phrase, people don't listen to understand, they listen to respond. When you talk to somebody about a given issue, particularly these days, people already have their idea. A lot of people have very strong opinions, and they're not always based upon fact. They're based upon the uh, the news station that they happen to watch or listen to or their political ideology that they've been um, kind of um, jammed into. The political ideologies that we kind of are stuck in. There's been there these forces right now that prompt people to make a choice. It's like, you got to be this or that. You can't be whatever you want. can't be somewhere in the middle. You got to be like staunch left wing or staunch right wing. You got to be Trump or Biden. You have to choose between all these things and they're not mutually exclusive. Like you don't have to be this binary thing. Most people are not. Most people have, I think, um, ideas and beliefs that stand in like with one foot in both camps. And some people don't. Some I think it's bad though, in my opinion, to um, when you run to somebody and all of their all of their concepts, all of their ideologies are in one particular camp uh, rather than over the other. That's a dangerous place to be. I think for anyone. I don't think it's very balanced. I don't think it's very um, sensible. But a lot of folks are falling for that right now. And so the idea in all this, in my opinion, is that people are... uh, You want to give people an opportunity to tell you where they're at. Rather than listening to respond... Listen to listen. Listen to understand. Listen to understand where they're coming from. Because then you can better craft your own point of view. Your own argument if that's where you want to go. If you know where your opponent stands, well then you can better act on that information. So really, really cool. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to the rest of this guy's uh, master class. I, I love it. I'm going to get his book. I think it's called um, Split the Difference or Never Split the Difference or whatever. But this guy's talking about being a hostage negotiator and extrapolating that to the business world and to daily communication. I was doing it with my wife a little bit today. She was like, she was uh, this morning, she was like, uh, uh, yeah, you see, I, I removed everything off of the... Um, off the wall, all the decorations for Easter and stuff, I removed it, and we're 
and she like just left it to be uh, left it blank after that. I think she wants to she wants me to do something with that that wall, the hearth, right above the fireplace. Yeah, I did something with that. I, I took down the decorations on the hearth, and I said, "You took down the de- decorations on the hearth." And then she, sure enough, she took the bait and she, she told me, "Oh yeah, well, I was thinking maybe we would do either stone or we could do, um, you know, like a farm table sort of look with like pallet wood." And I said, "Do it with pallet wood." <laughs> you're you're asking people, and it's, it's it's manipulation, but you're you're requesting people to tell you more, and people love to talk. People love to tell you how they feel and what they want. And so, this way, you'd be better informed about what people really want. You won't be in the dark about, you know, and better, moreover, you won't be like when somebody says, Biden's going to forgive student loans. You don't immediately jump on it and say, I think that's ridiculous because these people signed on a dotted line and they should have to pay those loans. Nobody took those loans out for you. Hold on a second. This fucking sensor. Nobody should fucking have to repay those loans but you. You took those loans out. That's on you. It was your decision to go to school forever. And now you can't. And my brother-in-law is a plumber and he makes $150,000 a year. He didn't go to school at all for that. He went to trade school when he was in high school. He went to North Monco Technical Career Center. And look at him. He's making. You don't need to go to college. It's your fault you fell for that line of bullshit or somebody else say oh that's great I have a shitload of student loans I could really use some relief yes I would absolutely spend this money on other things that I'd rather have and uh, the um, you know higher education bubble is about to burst by the way that's my feeling uh, the sense that I have my unique perspective on uh Higher education. I mentioned that the school that I teach at currently is thirty-one thousand dollars a year. Um, I know I talk to people whose kids go to schools that are, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, and who knows what the economy is going to look like going forward, right? As we deal with the reverberations. That's the second time I use that phrase. We deal with the reverberations of this pandemic. This fucking thing. Cannot stand it. Tell you what, I'm gonna park in the garage. Um so yeah, so my point of view on student loans, I did read this morning that Biden is uh Oh, just shut the fuck up. I read this morning that Biden is talking about uh, loan forgiveness. And, of course, a lot of people, their eyes light up because, look, I got about $60,000 left to uh, repay on mine. You know, I had more than $100,000. And I went back to get a master's degree um, about a decade ago, less than a decade ago, so that I could teach. So, um, you know, I'm a fan of some degree of forgiveness. I definitely do believe that, uh, 
higher education, the, the finances required are have far exceeded most in, most degree programs' ability to repay that. Individuals who go to school to become a nurse or a doctor or a um, financial planner, or wherever the fuck you want to be, physical therapists, um, business associate, whatever. Who knows? Who knows what the economy is going to be going forward? So I don't think nursing degrees should cost $100,000, my opinion, okay? Unless you're going to be a nurse anesthetist or some sort of high-level nurse specialist that, and you can get you know, a tremendous amount of money. Um, there's a ceiling to the amount of income a nurse can make. And so I think that America definitely needs, and, and the world probably, but America is probably the leader in fucking people over for um, higher education. And absolutely, things like trade school is best for some, and you can make a great living doing that. And, and you know, for a long time, that was the, the, um, the big lie, was that everybody's got to go to college. Just like something to do, right? What are we going to do? Okay, well, we need more training after high school. You need, you need more training, and you're going to go, and you're going to pay an arm and a leg. And don't worry about it. You'll pay it off once you get a job. Um, so... Some sort of relief would be appreciated. Definitely agree with those who would think who would say that uh, um, you know you made a commitment and you need to honor that commitment. But <clears throat> maybe those folks don't have tens of thousands of dollars in student loans, so that they can't understand the point of view at a time that that's been where there's more uncertainty than there ever has been. I definitely feel for. Um, for young people today trying to figure out what their future is going to be like. And I definitely think that some of our forefathers and mothers eh, kind of behaved as if they didn't see a lot of this coming. And maybe they didn't, but they fucked us over a little bit. You know. <clears throat> anyway, DDIP Reconnect is going to be a great fucking thing. Hope you all can make it. It's going to be awesome. We need to be reconnect on multiple levels. We need to be sensitive to the realities of other people. So absolutely look up that that author, last name of Voss. Learn how to communicate. Communicate in such a way that you're hearing out the other side and you can base your responses on really, you know, let that person talk. And as they talk, it will come into plain view what they want from you what their conditions are, and then you can give them those conditions or get as close to them as you can and simultaneously get your um, desired result. Chris Voss, I think. All right, love and respect. Talk to you often enough for a Sunday. <laughs>